You're listening to the Just Winging It podcast, because let's be honest, none of us really know what we're doing. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Alex Lines here from the Just Winging It podcast, and I'm excited to talk with our uh, guest today. You know, when I think about Just Winging It, I think about what it means to adjust on the fly, to come up with new ideas, to this concept of ingenuity, what it is to just kind of deal with what you have and, and make make something, you know, out of that. And uh, when I think about, you know, how when we had this conversation that started a, a couple uh, a couple months ago on on a on a Facebook page about um, you know people's experience, sometimes I feel that experience can puff up a little bit. And so I wanted to today uh, talk with somebody who I think bluntly is one of the most humble and one of the most uh, experienced people that I know in the realm of media. And uh, that is my friend and former colleague here, uh, Bill Snyder from Asia Pacific Media. And uh, so thanks for joining us, Bill. Alex, thank you. I've always looked forward to talking with you. You've been a great blessing to us over the past years. Good to be with you. Beautiful. Yeah. So Bill, uh, he, Bill, I like to say that Bill was doing media ministry before media ministry was cool. Bill has been doing media ministry for 30 plus years now. That's not to show his age. That's more the show that he has been in the game for a long time. And somebody who, you know, has been in that, you know, seeing fads and, and, and whole, you know, systems of technology come and go along the way from having entire, I'm, you know, entire server racks of equipment to now having it literally in the palm of our hand over the past 35 years. Just, Bill, talk to me a little bit about just like where, where you got started in media and just how, you know, maybe God called you to Asia and, and uh, how uh, you kind of became a little bit uh, in, into that, you know, into that field. Well, literally, it's been more than 35 years because I graduated from a school and had the opportunity to start a Christian radio network before that was cool. Literally, we started a Christian radio network in Illinois called New Life Radio that still exists today and is one of it's it's won uh, gospel music uh, awards and things like that is one of the best networks in America. I was there for the first 12 years, put the first three stations and a couple of repeater stations on the air. Then in 1988 in February, uh, we moved from Illinois to Manila, Philippines to start a media ministry that at that point was called Asia Project 2000. And that went by the wayside when Y2K happened. The year 2000, the far distant future of the year 2000. And it became Asia Pacific Media. So uh, the Lord really spoke to me very, very clearly. This is, this, you know, you, you sometimes meet people who say, well, God told me to do this. God told me to do that. In all of my years, I can really say that the Lord spoke to me in a very clear way just a few times. And this is one of the times. He said that what I was doing in Illinois was done that I should be prepared, that he would open a door, and he would use me in a new place. And that was not the message I was excited to hear at that point, because I loved what I was doing. But within uh, months, uh, there was just a, a drawing on the part of gathering information, learning about what's going on, talking to people toward Asia. I'd never been to Asia. I'd never been out of the, Amer- out of the U.S. at that point. And so um, over a period of time, we decided this was the right thing. It truly was God. And we started the process and ended up in 
the Philippines, um, February 1988. And from our living room, started a, a ministry, had it envisioned in our heart, but started a ministry in our living room that eventually has become Asia Pacific Media. And it's done, it's done well. It's, I'm, I'm very thankful. God's brought us good people and we've got a good team. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, so God, you know, spoke to you and said, Hey, I'm done with you in Illinois. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm calling you to Asia. I'm calling you to this new thing. You're literally in a, in a, you're in a living room in a, in a, in a new country that you're not necessarily familiar with. You don't know too many people. God's called you to do this uh, new work. Uh, you're, you're kind of just winging it. And uh, like, how did you, how did you start per se from nothing to, to get to where you did been over the past 25 years? Like, how did you, in those early stages of starting something new, you know, that you, I think sometimes people hear from God and maybe they hear that they need to try something new, but they're afraid or they don't have the resources or they don't know the people or they don't know the technology. Like, what did you do in that new situation where you just were like, go and like, let's wing it? Well, I, I did have an organization that believed in what I was doing. And so I went there with the backing of an organization, a mission organization. Um, they believed that something could happen. Um, I, I, you know, there's a scripture verse that talks about despise not the day of small beginnings. Everything starts small. And so in 1988, small was a radio program. That was what was media truly in 1988. And so uh, through meeting people, through sharing my heart, through developing relationships, I began to see opportunities where my gifts could help somebody to succeed. When you go into a new environment, it's not to promote yourself. The goal is, is that you're there to lift up or empower people to do what God has called them to do, which is bring the good news into people's lives. And that's not going to be with a white-faced guy in a brown-faced world so, um, and who didn't speak the language as fluently as somebody who was a native. So we began to talk with people, meet people. Uh, I, God brought me in contact with an individual who had a little bit of skill in uh, photography and radio. And then I found somebody God brought to my life who was an excellent secretary who could administrate. And so, you know, just kind of began from there. But, you know, for the first year, it was our living room. For the second year, we moved into a small, somewhat rat-infested building that had a, you know, maybe about a thousand square feet that we turned into an audio studio. And, um, you know, right down the hall, there was a drug enforcement agency. And so they were bringing people down the hall in handcuffs, and there were guys in the hallway with Armalites. I mean, you know, this was not a high-class facility we were in. Not you know, the Dennis recording studio in the entire universe, I'm sure. Well, every now and then you heard bursts. <laughs> no, it was, um, you know, I guess the point is this. Everything starts small, but it doesn't stay small. So the idea, do the next right thing. Be open to what God is speaking encourage others with the vision and let God bring people into your orbit so that you can work collaboratively with people. But it, it, it will always start small. I mean, okay, there's the occasional, oh my goodness, you know, the, the overnight success. 
but those are extremely rare. Um, the, the thing is, is that God calls us to faithfulness. And if you sow good seed, you're going to reap. You, you can't say exactly when. Like today, it, all of us who are in media, it's like, well, why did why the world all of a sudden wake up to everything we've been telling him for the last decade? Our <laughs> Wait, the church should use technology oh, to help? Yeah. <laughs> and, and live stream? That would keep people away on Sunday morning. They'd be sitting at home. So, you know, everything has, has so dramatically changed. But, you know, I, I think God calls us to a faithful walk. And it comes together. We don't know the timing, but it comes together. But don't despise small things. That's where it always starts. That's fantastic. Do not forsake your humble beginnings. I have... Uh, somewhere, I don't have it with me right now, but in, uh, cause I just moved to a, a new state, but I have a, the first postcard that I ever designed for the first job that I ever had, uh, in ministry it was a true love weights design and it was beveled and it had like horrible font choices and et cetera. And on the back of it, I wrote, do not forsake your humble beginnings because it's horrible, but if I didn't make that postcard, I wouldn't have like gone into, you know, taking the steps forward. So that's good stuff. So wherever you guys are at, it's, you know, maybe this, this whole, in the midst of this craziness, you know, maybe live streaming or maybe all these things are new. And, you know, you know, I, we encountered a church the other day where their live stream was upside down, where literally the video was upside down oh, no. and you feel horrible, but you know what? they learned. And to me, the best part about failure and the best part about winging it is fail, it, it, it teaches you to improve. And we now know, don't try that. That obviously didn't work. So let's try something different, you know? So, well, and, any, and anybody that's honest in this game will, will tell you that they've made as many mistakes or more than the things that they've done that have turned out to be okay. But you don't stop. You just keep learning. Um, we have this wonderful thing called YouTube, let alone these specialized sites where you can go and learn about anything that you want. And if we're all home right now, what are you learning? Because it's out there. You can improve what it is that you're doing. So the adage right now of don't waste your quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Ingenuity comes with hard work. For sure. Yeah. There is to to be ingenuitive, you need to you need to at least have some kind of knowledge and be able to, you know, pivot from that. So just, you know, and, you know, being in, in the, with the experience you have, what I care, what I, what I like most about you, Bill, is that you're continuing to learn and that you're not, and, and you're a, and that you even have that realization that even being in the experience for over 35 years, you still need to always be learning, always be trying new things, always being having just cultivating your ingenuity. Well, and I'm and sure. Yeah, and, go ahead. and that comes from surrounding yourself with people who are also creative, who are younger, because if I didn't have 20s and 30-somethings on our team, we, we could, even with the best of intentions, we would look stale. So you, it, there's, there's this thing called reverse mentoring. You know, eventually, all of us are going to be in the 50s and 60s. And if we're still in this thing, then we're going to be mentored by people who are in their 20s who are showing us how to do things. But the thing that I bring to the table is experience and messaging, and a good strategy. Absolutely. And oftentimes, tech people 
they think in terms of the technology and what cool things it can do, but they miss the end goal of we want it for the transformation of people's lives. And so it is message. It is that, that spark of the Holy Spirit that comes on the things that we create that's more than we can do, but we offer it to God. And that's the thing that changes somebody or moves them in the direction of God. So we each have a role to play here. And I honor and respect, and you know, we are where we are today because I'm still listening. That's good. My, uh, my intern, my intern at uh, my old church, uh, two of them was this 18 year old kid that came to me and he's like, Hey, uh, can I be your intern? Oh, what do you like to do? Well, I like, uh, I like, I want to make a video games. I was like, well, I don't know like how many video game opportunities there are in our church uh, per se, but I don't know if you saw this this week, Bill, but there is a church that is doing a Easter egg hunt online built entirely in Minecraft. And I so something about that. I didn't see it, but I heard something. So these, so this kid, you know, he's like, well, I'm going to help with that. So, you know, things like that. Another kid who two weeks ago had a hundred followers on TikTok and made a video mocking himself that he had a hundred followers on TikTok and has since received 15,000 followers on TikTok out of that video of himself mocking himself. So it's reverse engineer. It's reverse mentoring for, for me to you, but it's also, I mean, I like to say I'm closer to the 50 than I am the 20. So it's reverse mentoring for me exactly. that way. So always, <laughs> the you know, always find, find, let the youngins like touch all the buttons. Let them, let them fail. Let it, let them say, oops, that that's, I pressed the wrong button and that that slide went up too early or that video played twice because we queued it and we got a little trigger happy, but they'll learn. And, and the pro for you is that you have that edge where you're able to always know what's, what's now what's next and being able to speak into them to say, mm, that's a great idea, but it probably doesn't like align with what we're trying to do, which is there, where the strategy. There are principles that work that translate over time, but there are unique things that every age brings us. And so we need to separate, you know, we can learn from principles. There's certain principles of video production that just work, but the types of video production that's being done today, as opposed to 10 years ago is completely different. So, yeah. You know. I mean, I remember being like, I remember five years ago saying like, if, if you shoot a video vertically, I, I, why, why are people shooting vertical videos? And I think like half the videos I edited this week were vertical videos, like, you know, like that, or like the jump cut MTV, you know, jump cut is like, you should not do a jump cut, but now jump cuts like, sure, whatever, do a jump cut. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we were doing some short messages that were evangelistic messages on social media, and we decided let's try an experiment. Let's put let's put the video rather than full screen. Let's put it in a box, and in the box at the bottom, there will be words that will change that will basically be emphasizing the things that are being said. Well, all of a sudden, the audience doubled to the box as opposed to the full screen, and you know, so there's always. This is a creative world, but God is the author of creativity. So we can draw on him. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't believe that there was an amazingly creative God who engineers and helps us to be his servants.
Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. So obviously along the way over the past, you know, few years, you've seen, you, you know, both in media and outside of media in your travels, you've seen people, you know, be in, in, you know, ha- have this cultivate this ingenuity, you know, portion. I think us as Americans, you know, we, maybe this crisis is, you know, allowing people to be, to, to think outside the box, to wing it in a, in a way that they never have before. But in many ways, where you know in other areas of the world there's you know there's people that are that are doing um that are you know being ingenuitive in lots of different ways so do you have any like you know what have you seen over the past you know 30 plus years of people you know winging it and and trying new things and and just kind of uh you know making it happen really i i would there there's a principle here that i think translates well and i could illustrate it in a couple of cases but most of Southeast Asia, with the exception of a Singapore or a Hong Kong, which is ultra first world, maybe Tokyo, these, these countries are, are way behind a first world country. So lack pretty well defines most things. Um, there, there was a, a, there is in our church in the Philippines, we have 16 fundamental truths and that's the doctrine of the church. Well, jokingly, they said the 17th fundamental truth of our church is an unfinished church building, which basically says we never have all that we need to be able to do it really good. So I've I've seen this again and again with people that we've worked with in media and the training that we've done is lack does not define what they can do. That's good. Uh, if if you've got a if you've got an iPhone or if you've got another type of phone and that's all you've got, you use it and you make the best of it. You learn how to shoot the best pictures. You learn how to do video with it. You learn how to edit. Um, we, we've been doing workshops where eighty percent of the people that come they have no DSLR, they have no soundboard, they have no microphone. And we basically say, okay, with with $150 and the phone that you have, here's how we can improve what it is that you're doing, rather than saying, well, come back to us when you can afford a DSLR. And and the incredible thing is, is that many of these people take that with the little bit of training they have, and they begin to use it well. We've got one guy we trained, his name is Frank. And Frank lives in the Philippines, and all he had was a cell phone, but he decided that he wanted to be evangelistic through social media. And so he began to create a steady set of posts, which include pictures, which included video, which included graphics, and all of this he knew nothing about when he came to learn it. But over a period of a couple of months, he garnered hundreds of thousands of followers to his Facebook page and to his Instagram posts. And he started with nothing and honestly, today, he has just slightly above nothing, but that doesn't define what he can do because you can do with what you have available. If you've got more, that's great. But I was talking to a guy this week and he said, you know, I basically need $4,000 to set up a small uh, uh, equipment package that I can produce what I want to produce. And I said, what have you got right now? And he defined or described what that was. And I said, well, work with that do it with that. And then, you know, hey, somebody will come along, somebody will believe in what it is that you're creating and say, hey, what could you do? How could I help you? And, and it's going to come together. For sure. I think that that's a, 
a huge principle that lack that limitations like if you had a million dollar budget you would still find something that you need to add to your budget and limitation breeds creativity because it's saying this is what i got what can i make out of what i have and i think that lack principle is definitely something that drives and, creativity. and to the potential leader who is looking at you and most cases you are not the leader you are the worker bee okay you may be responsible for an area of ministry but you're the worker bee if they see you doing really good stuff with what you've got believe me there's going to come a point they're going to come to you and say hey i'd like to do this or this what do we need to do that and and you're going to have the open door to build what it is that you need so don't let don't say to yourself when i have this equipment then i can start with what you've got Really Lack good, does not determine or define what we can do. That's really good, Bill. Yeah, you know, the reward for good work is more work. So if you're <laughs> pulling off if you're pulling off good work with what you got, I mean, you know, you're not that's that's good stuff. Uh Bill, talk to me a little bit about just like how, you know, you're you know, how 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 do you know when you should be trying something new versus how do you know, you know, you're saying that, you know, making things stale or you're talking about how, you know, that reverse mentoring component, how do you, how do you, how do you know that it, when it's to try something new versus, you know, doing something the same way that you've done? Well, I think you need to be in touch with your environment. In other words, you need to be an observer of what's happening. Um, what's happening on social media or what's happening in church, what, what new formats are being tried. You've got to be a reader uh, as well as somebody that is doing some research online. There's so much available online. You can Google almost anything and discover trends that you should consider. So being a reader, uh, observing what others are doing and learning from them and then I would say also, I developed a team that I had a real trust relationship with. And they knew that when we sat down together and collaborated and talked about new projects, there was nothing that couldn't be put on the table. Now, not every idea is a great idea. But if you keep ideas from the table by creating an environment that, you know, the boss is going to slap that one down. Um, then you're hurting yourself. Um, I believe that some of the better things that we've done over the last, oh my goodness, over the last five or 10 years have come from the team and not from me. Okay. I may ask the question and oftentimes guys in there later on in life know how to ask really good questions. Okay. But, but, but the, the creative spark especially if you're trying to reach an audience that's younger. And if I want to reach people over 60, I know how to do that. But the fact is, is that where I lived in the Philippines, 70% of the population was under the age of 30. Under the age of 30. And so if we're going to talk to people that are between the ages of, let's say, 15 and 25, you better be listening and drawing in, in uh, ideas from that age or slightly older, because that's the only way you're going to touch them. And I say that to the pastors, because I'm involved in training church leaders in using media. And I basically urge them that they've got to build a team of people that are younger than them 
and you have to you have to concentrate on message, but they have to concentrate on delivery, and that together can really really work well. So, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So, what are those magical questions that 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 uh, people with experience are should that should should be asked in those scenarios? <laughs> um, it, it often begins with audience. Okay, so I, I would ask the question. Uh, it seems that on our social media, we are reaching people a lot between the ages of seventeen and twenty-two. Um, why is that happening? And what's the next thing that you see that's happening out there? Because they're on a journey with us and we don't want to lose them. What do we need to talk about next? What are the issues that these people are dealing with? Again, that's messaging. It's more than just shooting something in a really creative way, which is extremely valuable. But the point is, am I speaking to that person's need, that person's real heart issue? It may be relationships, it may be drugs, it may be whatever it is that, that is pressurizing them, that is making them to go to social media looking for something that is a lack they feel in their own lives. And so um, as we ask questions regarding who we want to reach and what are the needs that these people are struggling with, ideas begin to surface. And then based on those ideas, then we go to the next question of what's the best way of telling that story? What's the, what's the, what's the format that we're going to use? Is it going to be a short talk? Is it going to be drama? Uh, we've discovered uh, over the years that drama is incredibly important. It has a long shelf life as opposed to somebody standing in front of the camera and giving you even a two and a half minute really creative sermon. It's still one guy in front of a camera talking for two and a half minutes. But I, again, story is, I think, really important. And story crosses age barriers. It crosses ethnicity. People love stories. And so if we can help to tell life stories, or if we can tell stories of of change or stories of hope. Wow, you're always gonna have an audience for that. Now the way you tell it, the formatic way you tell it, that can vary, but the messaging is so important to get right. For sure. Talk to me, speaking of stories, so you're doing these radio programs in in Manila and all of a sudden you you just you know you decide to make these stories. Tell me but just a little bit about like that moment and then what you guys did to go from making radio programs to trying to make these, these stories. Well, as, as time moved along in the nineties, all of a sudden you began to see video being a possibility. Um, and so uh, we didn't know much of anything about it. I had not formally trained at a school in, in media production. Uh, I'd had significant media experience going overseas, but not in this type of video production world. So, um, you know, we, we started to shoot what we knew how to shoot. With a, We found a professional director and we shot some teaching videos that were kind of creative at the time that they were produced. They're dull as dirt now, but, you know, back then they were pretty good. And, and we were moving in toward this video realm. And again, we lacked equipment. We lacked story writers. We lacked all kinds of things. But one day I was sitting in traffic in Manila and traffic in Manila is like nowhere, I guess, in the world. Somebody could probably disagree with me, but we lived two miles away from our office and it took, on a good day, one hour, 
on a bad day, two hours to go two miles one way. So yep. you, can, you can, you can sit in traffic, you can pray, you can read the newspaper, uh, cause you're not going anywhere fast. And one day I was sitting there and I was praying and it was like God dropped in my heart that we should be producing family dramas because in our context in the Philippines, family is everything. Family is not just the nuclear family of husband, wife, two kids, but it's the extended family. It might be four kids and then there's your aunts, your cousins, your grandpa, your grandma, second cousins, and it goes out and out. And so um, family is the tie there. And it, it is often where the conflict and where the real problems in life happen. So uh, the, the sense I had to it was that we were going to, we should begin producing family dramas, that we would produce them not only for uh, DVD, back then DVD, but also for television, and that they would be put on television and they would also be put on satellite and they would be broadcast in many parts of the world. And I'm sitting there in my car. I do not own one camera. Uh, I don't know a scriptwriter. Um, I don't know actors, although I've heard names. I don't know anybody. And I'm thinking to myself, dear Lord, the hardest thing to ever produce is a, is a drama, For a 30-minute sure. television drama. Oh, my goodness. And I've seen a lot of bad ones, as, as there are in every country. Sure. So uh, about a couple of weeks later, I said, well, Lord, I, I commit it to you. I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I don't have the resources, so help me. A couple of weeks later, I got done speaking in a local church, and a lady came up to me after church, and she introduced herself, and she said, uh, I work for uh, one of the television networks here in Manila, and I am the head scriptwriter for a, a soap opera they call them telenovelas there, but it's basically a soap opera that is a daily soap opera. And she says, I'm a Christian and I'm so tired of writing sad stories. I understand that you guys are going to be doing family dramas. Well, she didn't hear that from me or anybody else that I do. I had been too embarrassed to share it with anybody, but I think my wife and I, and I just kind of looked at her and I said, well, we're really praying about that. We'd like to. She said, here's my card. I would love to help you. Contact me. I want to write good stories. And a couple of weeks later, a young man came in my office and he was blue jeans and a white t-shirt, which is standard fare for our city of Manila. He was probably 30. And he said, my name is Eric. Um, I know a little bit about uh, video. Could I volunteer? What are you doing? Only later did I learn that his mother was a movie actress wow. and that he had worked in the movies, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. He was an associate director of sex and violence films. And the previous month, he had walked out of the office at one of the major movie producers in Manila because he said, I don't want to do it anymore. And she said, get out of my office. You'll never work for anybody anymore. You're done. So he shows up in my office and in a humble way says, my name is Eric. I know a little bit about media or video. Is there anything I can do? So Eric became not only a scriptwriter, but he also became a director and through other contacts, we found actors who were professional actors. 
uh, not all in television, but in repertoire Philippines and stage acting, and they were excellent. And so we began to create these 30-minute dramas. Where'd the money come from? The money came from it one episode at a time. We didn't have money to produce five. We had money to produce two. And that if we produced two, then there was money to produce two more. And we brought the, we brought the pilots to a television station and they liked it. And then we brought it to a, a satellite um, Christian broadcaster. And he had satellite time in Europe, Southeast Asia and Australia. And he said, I like these so much. He said, I'll even help you produce some of them. But in exchange, can we broadcast them without cost? And I said to him, well, we've never been in the business of making lots of money, so of course you can. <laughs> and, and God's word just came to pass in detail. We awesome. produced a total of 30 of them over a period of several years. They are honestly still being used on cable channels in the Philippines. We've tried to upgrade the visual quality of them, but some of them are just old. But nobody has done it. We were the only ones who have done that, and it has proven to be incredibly successful. And we've seen people come to the Lord. We've seen churches grow. We've seen Bible studies happen. We've seen outreach. Uh, it's, it's just been remarkable. But it was God nudging us in a direction. And then he provided as we just took it step by step by step. He nudged you in a direction to try a new thing, to wing it in a way that you were not prepared or formally not equipped prepared, for. Didn't have the training to do it. Didn't have the equipment to do it. Didn't have the money to do it. And didn't know the people to do it. So it was pretty well flatlined. Um, Just winging it, Bill. That's that's what it's about, man. <laughs> but but here, here's here's the thing. Even on those days when it seemed like we were making no progress, Hold on to the vision. That's good. Don't throw it away. If you know that you know it's right, do the next right thing. Contact the next, next person. Don't be shy. Prepare a pilot. Show it to people. If you believe in it, you can get other people to believe in it. That's fantastic. Don't forsake your humble beginnings. Don't be afraid of your lack. Don't lose track of your vision bill i'm so glad you had opportunity to uh be with us today man um before you go do you want to say do you want to say anything about uh just what are you what are you doing these days uh you're you have uh, like 45 grandchildren right now and 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 that right is you want to promote anything that you're uh, doing these days <laughs> um i have moved back from manila and living in memphis tennessee but I continue to be the director for Asia Pacific Media. The focus is not, be, is not just Manila. I've got a director who's doing a wonderful job with our team in Manila, but we are opening up new countries and training people to do creative media in those places. Some of them are Vietnam, Indonesia, uh, Myanmar, which is a Buddhist country just north of Thailand. Uh, and there's other countries that are asking us to come and work with them. So. Even in, the last, um, even in the last couple of weeks, our media teams in Myanmar and Vietnam have been live streaming. We taught them how. We taught them how to produce, how to use video. And now with the moment, they are there and they're doing it. And so we're continuing down that realm of, of training people. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, I remember six years ago being in a little, you know, above classroom, you know, and, 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 you know, people trying to, you know, learn about three point lighting. And now six years later, they're, you know, they're live streaming their services and, and doing their own thing. They're winging it. So Bill, uh, Bill Snyder from Asia Pacific media, uh, check them out at, uh, apmedia.org. Um, and, uh, they are doing an amazing work to, um, uh, bring his message multiplied throughout Asia Pacific and then the rest of the world. And, uh, and I just appreciate your time, your uh, mentorship to me. And hopefully I've given you a little bit of stuff back, but uh, I appreciate how you are just winging and have just have, have just winged it over the past years. And I just appreciate your time here today. Thanks so much guys for listening. And uh, we're, we want to hear the stories of what you're doing to wing it in such a time as this. So feel free to reach out to us at uh at just winging it the podcast on instagram and facebook and on youtube so check us out and we'll talk to you soon later